like there's no reason i should be so down on parenting books sure yeah but this book this book spoke to me I am your host, Jason Lafferty. I'm your host, Dylan Dentremont. We are two dudes who review books. Hello. Hello. How's it going, dude? I, I'm not the one on spring break. So, Well, I'm not the one. I'm not <laughs> oh, on spring break sorry, either. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm, in my mind, I'm hoping for spring break. <laughs> uh, You're a little yeah. ahead of us. God, I wish I was on spring break. Winter uh, break? It means all the breaks. It is winter break. This is being recorded near the tail end of uh, December here, but not quite Christmas. Are you feeling yeah. ready for Christmas? I'm ready. I am. I'm ready for Christmas. I'm. I'm solidly ready for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you that Christmas is. Um, yeah, but I feel like the bean is at this great age where you know she's really understanding christmas better okay oh christmas better so yeah i'm i'm feeling it right on i i I think it's i think i'm ready to to throw down on some christmas stuff awesome okay i'm gonna tell you something i'm worried about okay tell me what you're worried about i'm worried that we won't get to everything in this book are you of course we are not going to get to everything in this book i i don't really I, think i'm we're not going to scratch the surface let's be clear no i i wrote down all the little like tips that she had so you wrote a book on tips pretty much yeah, yeah. It, it it's it's 44 there there are 44 separate tips and i'm like i just want to make a poster with these <laughs> i wonder if yeah. she has it i should look it up but um um the the she just has she calls them strategies so yeah. and then the strategy we give her come, should we give her a name i suppose we maybe even people would want to know what we are reading okay uh, well do you want me i did the summary i wrote it you want me to like you I, want me to spout out my summary? go ahead fire it off okay how to raise kids who are assholes by melinda winner moyer or H2RKWAA for short. Okay. As one does. <laughs> is grounded in parenting, peppered with humor and action that is backed up by science. This guide for parents wanting to instill honesty and values, confidence and independence in their kids on a daily basis. That's what I got. That's good. That's good. And I, I really appreciate how Melinda approached this book. So first of all, she didn't, she didn't just jump into this yesterday. She's been doing articles and writing, researching on parenting uh, for the last nine years, nine plus now. It was nine when she wrote this book. She wrote this book during the COVID pandemic. It was published, published in 2021. So in there, it includes some, I think, germane 
references to the COVID pandemic and the effects of yeah. kind of being trapped with your kid and spouse in a home. Um, she also talks about the political climate a little bit and its toxic effect on the on how kids treat each other and treat us as parents. She is also a mom. She is a mom she who has mom. friends that are moms. So I, she comes, uh, I appreciate her balanced approach to being like, this is what the research says. This is what I've experienced with my own child. This is what some of my friends have experienced. She backs up all of these recommendations with uh, usually anecdotal and research, always research-based, but frequently yes. anecdotal evidence as well. So, and I'm always, when it comes to parenting books, Okay, so I'm always like, really, it's a parenting book. Like, I'm mm -hmm. always, I'm always ho hum about it. I am like way down on parenting books, which I don't get because they're they're development books for parents to make you better. That's what it is. Yeah, and we've read. Okay, so we read. We're talking about this one, mm -hmm. and then um, hunt gather parent. Yep. Right. We did mm -hmm. Hunk Gather Parent last season. And like, there's no reason I should be so down on parenting books. Sure. Yeah. But this book, this book spoke to me. Yes. The, I mean, uh, and you know, I've read those books. I've read additional parenting books as well. I think parenting books are in the awkward kind of selfish help category <laughs> that that a lot the of selfish people... selfish help category. <laughs> i don't know i don't know you can look that up on like a kindle or amazon selfish help selfish like like a dash i not selfish like just yeah. for me but it's in a weird category because i and i would say i'll go ahead and go out on a limb here i'll say it's especially difficult for men uh to read these kind of books um, because it, like, it's back to like asking for help and it's back to like being able to do something that you feel like you should know how to do and don't yes. feel comfortable, like admitting that maybe you're not the expert at this. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that's why I appreciate her kind of practical and being able to bring together kind of the practical and sciencey wonky research side of things. I'll say the other thing that makes it tricky is that a lot of parenting books have been a lot of pseudoscience and sort of like inference from psychological experiments that somebody somewhere did on college kids. And not all of it translates into actual actionable parenting advice. That, so I, I, one I example- like he, I feel like you just referenced Freud. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> she references <laughs> Freud. Yeah, uh, not does. in a good way. Yeah. Um, a, an example is um, she talks about rewards specifically and punishments. And, you know, there's a lot of books that take a pretty extreme, pretty extreme stances. And, and I would say no rewards or no punishments are extreme stances, right? It's a zero tolerance policy. And she is like, mm, yeah, you know, the science doesn't really support this. The, the, as in real life, um, the truth is somewhere in the middle. So let's talk about what that looks like. Yes. Okay. Well, we got to We got to start somewhere. Yeah. Let's do All it. Right. Start let's, us we, up. We, we gotta, 
yeah and i i'm telling you we could probably do three episodes totally on we probably do a season on this book we could do so she has one two three four five six seven eight nine oh my word ten eleven yeah we could do a whole season on this we do we do do a season just on chapters alone Mm -hmm. oh and so was this your first read through this book like when did you read it okay yep just finished this week so the timing worked out perfect wonderful um so how did it bring you closer to being a better parent um i'll say that this uh validated a lot of the practices that i already do that i couldn't really put my finger on (laughs) why i do them It, it named them yeah, absolutely. It named a lot of the a lot of the stuff um, that I didn't have a name for. So I appreciated that. It also um, challenged me and pushed me to grow, specifically in areas of how do we talk about digital literacy with children uh, as parents and also as teachers? How do we talk about bullying? How do we talk about uh, sex and sexuality and gender? with our children. Um, so it pushed me to kind of reconsider some of the practices I have or have not been doing specifically in those areas. So it was, it, it reinforced the foundation of the way I already believe kind of as a parent, and it helped me grow in terms of what topics I need to go ahead and start incorporating into my daily practice as a parent. How about you? I would add on to that. Mm -hmm. Like all that resonates for me. And we're going to get into to some of it. Um, but what it really made me think about was my parenting style. Sure. Yeah. Like it really had me thinking about what kind of parent do I want to be and what conversations do I know I need to have and kind of what are my role in those conversations? By parenting style, do you mean... Uh, like the the conversation that she had about authoritarian versus authoritative versus negligent and permissive is that yes okay that gotcha. you know that kind of thing and I I think I, I screw up authoritative and authoritarian um, one of them's better than the other yes uh, one of uh, them is one of the worst ways to parent and the other one is one of the best ways to parent actually negligence was the worst way negligence is the worst way. it was an yes. add-on but mm-hmm. negligence was the worst way and i think um, the original the original developers of the liter the literature around the the original three parenting styles which did not include negligence uh, uh maybe their mindset was um that's not parenting right <laughs> like it's literally not parenting you're not doing anything you're neglecting yeah. your child so maybe yeah. that's why it wasn't included she included it uh, because now it's included in the clinical literature, which which makes sense. Yes. So the better of the authoritative or authoritarian is the one authoritative, like authoritative, which which really resonated with me, and it resonated with kind of how I wanted to come across as a parent mm-hmm. and setting boundaries, and you know I'm a. I'm a parent that's just going to let's have fun and let's do things. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there needs to be that clear boundary of, okay, we we can't do that. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I um, have, I'll say the good fortune of, I've been an educator of, of children, right? So some, for some people, it's hard for them to wrap their head around the fact that I'm a fourth grade teacher. I'm a military <laughs> veteran. I look like I have Marine Corps stamped on my forehead. And uh, I teach. Which you, which you don't. I don't. I might have Navy stamped on my forehead, but not oh, which Marine 100% you do. <laughs> but um, I can say uh, after interacting nine months at a time with over 200. Uh, kiddos that have been that I've been a big part of their life at that time I was like 10% of their life um, the stuff that she talks about in this book specifically the stuff around being authoritative versus authoritarian remember authoritative is the right way to do things in addition to all the other things that she talks about about educating your kids about conflict about how to respond if your child is misbehaving like all of those are literally tricks that i use not tricks but really strategies that i use on a day-to-day week-to-week year-to-year basis as an educator to help kids do better and strategies is the right one. Mm-hmm. So not only you've been, yet you get to say since you have you have two girls mm-hmm. and you have a multiple revolving door, <laughs> yearly revolving door, yeah, of children that you get mm-hmm. to manage and relearn managing every every year i think we those those kids in a given school week many of those kids with working parents they will literally spend more time with me than they will with their parents i'm not not surprising i mean don't we all kind of spend more time at work than we do at home Mm -hmm. how do we unpack this where we go i mean there's a lot to go through i've mentioned this where have i mentioned this have have i mentioned that there's There's Uh, 11 chapters. She kind of goes through different traits. The way the book is structured is that the first, you know, half-ish, more than half of the book, actually, uh, the first seven chapters talks all about, like, how to raise kids who, right? So chapter one, how to raise kids who aren't overly selfish, Chapter two, how to raise kids who are ambitious, resilient, and motivated. So the first seven chapters all goes into like, what character traits do we want our kids to have or to avoid? And then part two are strategies for um, kind of uh, tackling some of the rubbing points that you might bump into, right? helping siblings get along, managing screen time, talking to kids about sex and pornography. So she dedicates the last, you know, third of the book to some of the more sticky subjects that uh, are either passed over or are kind of tripping points for parents in general. So I do appreciate the structure of the book uh, in that way, every single chapter, the first seven chapters, in fact, all the chapters, she has kind of a consolidated sort of what are the takeaways from this chapter. I think anybody, uh, I'll stand by that, anybody who is a parent or educator um, or even um, a manager, a leader could do a lot worse than just listing these out on a piece of poster board and saying, I'm going to do that one today. And then the next week I'm going to do the next day, I'm going to do that one today and just focus on that skill. So um, 
one of the skills, you know, right out of the right off the top of the book here, talk about validate and help your kids talk about emotions. Like, I can't yeah. tell you how many problems that um, are forestalled and mitigated when kids know how to talk about their emotions cogently. And by the way, raising adults that know how to talk cogently about their emotions, we're setting them up for better relationships with everybody. So this is why, and this is why this book is so great because mm -hmm. when I look, when I wrote out like the things that resonated with me from this book, Mm -hmm. that was not one of them. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. As you bring it up, I'm like, yes, talk to your kids about emotion. This is something you need to talk about. Yeah, it goes to the the you know emotional intelligence that we're going to talk about through the season. Absolutely, right? mm-hmm. talking about emotion is this important. It's okay to be frustrated. I don't know how many times I've told an adult, like they've come to me, and they're angry, and they're mm-hmm. like, "I'm sorry, I'm frustrated." No. Do not apologize for being frustrated. You are frustrated. Yeah. Let's talk about your frustration. So, yeah. Um, do you want do you want to talk about the, that section? I feel like there's a lot of sections to talk about. I feel like we need to nail down something. Well, uh, maybe what well, let's do it this way. Why don't why don't we take turns <laughs> talking about the top three strategies that resonated with us from the book? While at the same time acknowledging that there are 44 different <laughs> strategies that she covers throughout the book. So I, I think maybe a discussion about your top three and my top three could get us somewhere. Okay. Um, I don't know if I have top three strategies, but I'm going to tell you the top three things that just kind of resonated with me okay. in general. Right. And I have questions for you. Sure. Because you're you're a father ahead of me is that how that how, what am i saying here you have been a parent longer than i have been a parent this is true i've i've got toddler you do not have toddlers i know i'm i'm past the darkness i mean the toddler phase <laughs> oh it's darkness <laughs> <laughs> oh, i yeah. have a i have a teenager now and a preteen, uh, while a mathematically imprecise term, uh, I have a 10-year-old and a 13-year-old. So the kind of stuff that I'll be talking to my kiddos about are probably a little different than the sort of things you'll be talking about with the bean. Yeah. So one of the things that resonated with me had to do with, you know, sibling conflict. Okay. Yeah. Whole chapter that about was, that. That was the concept of mediator versus arbitrator yes i love that one yes right Mm -hmm. um so i i i liked that like when i heard that term it's like yes a hundred percent yes you're not picking sides this is like an understanding moment. Let's get everybody on the same page moment. Right. Yeah. And then there's my coach brain that comes into play and, you know, my leadership brain that comes into play and it's like, okay, when do you need to be that kind of arbitrator that like draws a hard line? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, For, for kids, it's, 
not always a thing, but it can be a thing. But if, mm-hmm. you know, uh, as an adult, as a manager, it, it could be a sexual harassment or a bullying. In, in a right. kid's case, it could be a bullying thing too, mm-hmm. I guess, right? Mm-hmm. But it's really that understanding of, as a parent, just don't take sides. And I feel like that is a hard thing to do. Yeah. So my question to you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how have you navigated those waters? So for me, there, there, it's funny that you should bring up the sibling section because, and the, you, and the, you have the, two daughters that are siblings. Exactly. <laughs> well, not just that, but one of my favorite um, sayings that I use around the house and that I use with my students and yes, my daughters is the phrase, the story I'm making up in my mind. Uh, Ooh, and yeah. she actually uses almost those exact words when she's yes. talking about sibling to sibling conflict. So the example that she gives is that little little sister knocks on big brother's <laughs> door and big brother's interpretation is that little sister is intentionally being irritating because he's in there reading. But little sister is six. She just wants someone to play with. Right. So as mediator, and I do this at school all the time, it's let's look for more information. So what's the story that you're saying in your head right now? Well, the story that's in my head is that she's pounding on my door to be annoying. She knows I'm reading in here. She's trying to irritate me. And then you kick it back to little sister and it's like, well, why are you pounding on his door? And she's just like, "I, I just wanted someone to play with. I don't have anyone to play with. I, I read my book for a while and now I'm ready I, to play. I miss you. Yeah. I, I miss right? you. I want to hang out. And then from there, gathering more information, I, I often find as an educator and as a parent that there's a way out of the situation that does not require you to be arbitrator. Um, she talks about this again with sharing toys, like, yeah, there's limited resources. And yeah, I get that it's your thing. But also sharing is kind of important, but maybe it doesn't need to be right now. Maybe. So you want to play with your toy right now. Cool. I get it. When can little sister use that? That's a lot different than, okay, 15 minutes, little sister gets it. Yeah, it's it's the the win. Mm -hmm. So she calls it uh, sharing not on your timeline is that particular one. But All of this resonated with me because ultimately it goes back to thinking about what are you trying to teach your kids? Because every single interaction you have, whether you're mediating sibling conflict or catching a kid taking money out of your wallet, you have an opportunity to teach them. And are you going to teach them that power figures are quick to anger and capricious and arbitrary in their punishments and consequences? Or do you want to teach them that that people who have power should be kind to each other and that being kind is the right way to do it. And that asking questions is always more useful than making assumptions. So if you keep those ideas in your mind about, about kindness and not making assumptions or assuming best intent, um, I think that you can go really far, not just as a parent, but her advice really draws on each of those things. Yes. I mean, and if you think about it, the whole the whole point of the book, how to raise kids that aren't a-holes, right? Like it's basically Ooh, yeah. saying, how do you raise kids that are kind? Um, she cited some research data at the beginning of the book that said 68% of moms 
or excuse me, 68% of dads, 71% of moms, their top priority was that their kid would grow up not to be smart, not to be rich, not to be powerful, but to be kind. Uh, and as a parent and as a teacher, that's certainly what I want because yeah. the rest of the rest of this stuff comes to people that uh, ultimately, and the data, the data plays this out is that when you're good to other people, other people are good to you. The world is good to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's what I really liked about the, the mediate arbitrate thing in, I can't remember exactly how she talked about it, hmm. but what it really came across to me also as having your kids kind of understand that they can manage their own conflicts. Yeah. And, you know, if you can raise kids that can manage their own conflicts and confront their, you know, confront their own things instead of running to take sides, running to ask for help. I feel like the bean does that a lot when I won't I'm like we're not doing that sure and she'll run she'll run to mom mommy daddy won't let me do this it's like okay mm -hmm. let's talk why does daddy Look. not want you to do this because mm -hmm. obviously you, you don't understand mm -hmm. what I'm doing I you want to do it but we need to get on the same page sure yeah absolutely and there's a difference between a, a four, almost four-year-old and, you know, a 10 and 13-year-olds on yeah. managing conflict. Well, and there, there is an asterisk on uh, have kids manage their own conflict. You want kids to manage their own conflict the, the same way that ultimately you want your kids to be able to drive themselves to, to soccer practice when they're in high school, <laughs> right? And because they can you, function you as can't an just adult. put them in the car and be like, good luck, work it out for yourself, right? They need training, they need mentorship, they need practice, they need good modeling um, before they can get there and be able to do it safely. The, the, the guiding advice uh, for a long time was let siblings work their conflict out independently. Uh, and that I'll just go ahead and say that's crap. Um, the, the better way is to go the mediator route and teach children how to talk yes. to each other and advocate for themselves to manage and regulate their emotions so that they're not arguing, shouting, screaming, so that they're actually having a conversation and negotiation yeah. and then go from there to problem solving. When we just let kids quote unquote, solve their own problems or work it out for themselves, they're without any, you know, additional uh, mentorship or guidance or, or any of that, they're going to resort to a lot of the jungle. Um, and we don't want that. Strong there are some survive. exceptions. The bully will survive. Yeah, pretty much. There are some exceptions where if the older sibling is especially mindful, um, then it's possible for an older and a younger sibling to work things out. But that's because that work has already been done with the older sibling on how, how do we treat somebody that has less power than us? How yeah. do we treat somebody when we both want the same thing and I can just take it? Uh, how do we, how do yeah. we manage that? What is the right thing to do? What's the moral thing to do? Be and uh, the moral thing to do is not to just uh, be a pushover. 
right? The, she talks about that in the book as well, the pushover myth. Um, I'm a really nice guy, but I am not a pushover, right? Yeah, there's a, and there's, yeah, there's like, there, hey, I'll, there's, be the, I'll be the nice, fun dad. Yeah. But, well, I'm going to draw a line somewhere. Sure. I mean, yeah. like, look, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that, <laughs> that I'm quick to violence or anything like that. There's a difference between standing up for yourself and, and being an angry person. And what this book is trying to do is say, look, the idea that you have to raise your kids to aggressively self-advocate at the cost of other people is malarkey. It doesn't play out in yeah. the data. It doesn't make for happier children. It makes, in fact, for more stressed out, despondent, depressed kids who need therapy. Um, so maybe there's a better way. And this book is trying to show that way. And I would, I would say that if you were to sum the book in one, up in one sentence, that's what it would be. This book is teaching your kids to advocate for themselves in a way where they're not being an a-hole. Mm -hmm. yeah. This book is teaching you, the parent, how to treat your kids so that they don't become jerks. It's the, an acknowledgement. The, the kids, the children. Yeah. You, me, me, the parent, the kids, the children. <laughs> we, we're all kids. <laughs> but not according to the bean. The bean no, does not believe true. that I'm a child. <laughs> but uh, the, the book does cover uh, a lot of ground. And yeah, I do think that the, how to manage sibling conflict was definitely a good one. So I got, I got a few other topics and we're about halfway through this thing. Do we need a dad joke break? I have a dad joke that's been in my, in the chamber, and I feel like I may be playing this card too early, but it's a good joke. Go ahead and run it. I actually, the person who told me this joke, I'm like, I kind of feel like I need to give you credit for this joke. And he's like, 100%, oh, okay. I need royalties for this joke. And I'm like, dude, that's, that's fine. I can give you royalties of nothing. Like, that's... That's it. 10% of can, nothing is yeah. carry the zero. Um, yep, still nothing. Yeah. So, what is a windmill's favorite music? Wind chimes? It's a big metal fan. A big metal fan. It's a big metal fan. A big metal fan. Yeah. I like it. I like it. We'll give dad credit. I mean, I was looking forward to a nine night joke, but. Yeah, I, I've got a knock-knock knock, knock jokes next time. I will tell the Bean's favorite knock-knock joke, and it's not the one she made up, but her favorite knock-knock joke. Yeah, so that joke, I don't know. I told him I would I would throw him credit for that joke. Okay. Right? Big metal fan. Um, uh, he, is, he is a guy that I've, I've worked with. Um, his name is Matt Coleman. Okay. No one will ever know who this is. Thank you, hey, Matt. Well, but yeah. Um, I feel like some way, somehow, we need to get people to start, you know, giving us jokes, whether it's like a voice line that they call in and they we can play jokes for people, um, dad jokes that are appropriate. But yeah, I dig it. I'm down. Okay. Send in, send in your dad jokes, knock, knock or otherwise. We'd love to yeah. hear from so you. Right now, you can just DM us on the Insta. There you right? go. Unless you personally know us and have our contact information, um, uh, the parents who listen to this, uh, like our parents, but you know, you got to start somewhere. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. All right. There is a, a point in the how to raise your kids who aren't racist um, that I am like 90% sure she's this is like she said she's like this is what you should not do as a parent and i'm 90 percent sure it happened to me from my parents okay and i i think it's okay i feel like i turned out okay sure right um but it was talking about skin color yes and mommy that person's skin is darker mm-hmm. and the whole the whole shush we don't yeah. talk about that. Mm-hmm. I'm 90% sure my parents will listen to this and they may argue against it. Or they may say, hey, yeah, I probably did that. But what really resonated with me in that chapter is I basically have to have this, you know, sex education style conversation sit down conversation with my child about diversity at one point in time in my mind even though that she kind of alludes to it's not one conversation it's multiple conversations allude sure. to that she's like it, yeah you, it's, this, a you, bit, this it's, you it's a little bit of both but i would argue that that sex ed is also in that same category of there are there are going to be some prime waypoint like big conversations that are had yes. but then also Part of it has to do with the way you talk, because if if you sit down and talk to your kids about all races being equal and some races have been trivialized and pushed to the bottom uh, and disadvantaged in various ways, and then you you go off and spread racist rhetoric and use racist yes. terms and tell racist jokes like that's not helpful. You're it needs to be a combination of the conversations you have and how you talk to your kid and then also your behaviors in terms of how you work yeah. in the world. And, you know, I, I grew up in, in Redmond. Yeah. Right. And there was, there's a couple things I, 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 I remember, right. In my elementary school, it was not a diverse elementary school. Mine neither. Right. Um, I remember we would do the Pledge of Allegiance and this one girl would not stand for the Pledge of Allegiance, right? And it's because she was Canadian. Mm, Okay. She would not stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. And I probably was not kind to her. Mm. I probably joined in on teasing as an elementary school kid. Mm Mm-hmm. For someone being different here mm-hmm. um and there was probably you know all some i, I guess bullying that went on mm-hmm. because of this and you know you just, I, you can try to justify it as much as you want raised in a different time or whatnot but where i grew up we were not we were not diverse. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of did this, this, you know, social inventory with the wife and, you know, we are, are two white guys with a podcast. We are, yep. we are not that diverse. We're not. 
No, um, absolutely not. And so it's just kind of recognizing that. And then I feel really proud that the bean is going to a school that is super diverse. Mm, right on. Like her friends are were way more diverse than my friends growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, there's a sense of like pride there. It's like, hey, you have this opportunity to experience cultures way differently than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, we started doing like uh, uh, a theme Thanksgiving of different countries. Mm-hmm. Um, which was really fun. We did like, we did Korea and I get to learn about Korean cooking and stuff like that. And kind of learning about diversity through food. Nice. Um, but the bean won't necessarily have to do that. The bean will sure. kind of, she will go over to a dinner at someone's house and be like, we are having this and it will be different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I really, like, I don't know my role in the conversation I will have with her on diversity, but if, and what, what Melinda talks about in the book is when it's brought up, it's to, like my parents possibly did, it's to not shy away from it. Yes. It's to go, yes, their skin is different. Mm-hmm. that's what melinda talked about is yes their skin is different and here's why yeah absolutely right and not make it this this shush hush tone conversation of we don't we don't point those things out mm-hmm. and I, I mean and also you're already doing uh one of the things that she described which was let your kids experience and enjoy diversity right you're not yes. tra- trying to hide your child uh, and lock them away from diverse communities, right? You're, you're already having, in, in various ways, through food and through her preschool, um, experience diversity and that there are more than, there's more than one way of being. There's more than one kind of cooking uh, and that are, that are good. There's, more, there's multiple skin tones. So that everybody's heritage <laughs> is different. So everybody's skin tone is a little bit different, yeah. right? Yeah. So I think yeah. that you're already doing some of the stuff that she talks about. Yeah. And food isn't, I feel like it's an easy one to do. Like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. let's go have different food. Mm -hmm. Let's make that a thing. Like, let's go have, you know, I feel like cheeseburgers are very, very traditionally white i guess is that what i'm saying <laughs> well uh there uh, isn't burger from germany i mean yeah i mean uh, burger is very much so german hamburger yes yes but um yeah. yeah you're absolutely right i would say you know another thing uh that that a good jumping off point for parents a lot of this process of educating your children about racism needs to start with adults educating themselves about their role and their standing in the current state of affairs. And so, and what I really liked in Melinda's book, I, I, we're on a first name basis with her, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to befriend her. Um, well, no, what I liked in her book is there was this test and the test was given to kids. And one of the questions that stuck out to me 
was they they showed they showed kids a, a diverse group of kids and it was what kid would your parents want you to play with mm-hmm. right and i don't feel like i've ever given i mean the bean grew up in a pandemic so she doesn't really get to play with anybody but you know i don't i i, I that question resonates with me it's because like at the age of three kids know about race yes. and racism shows up and that was that was talked about in the book right mm-hmm. um at the age of three and and then there's these these micro things that are happening where the kids are picking up on these racist habits of their parents that are are flying under the radar and people aren't thinking of them as racist and it, they it may be completely unintentional but that question of who would your parents want you to play with it's like ooh crap mm-hmm. like wow and i actually really want to know how this test works like like can i run my child through this test um because how it would be delivered is very fascinating to me on a different scientific side this same thing that you're describing also happens with gender bias and sexism um starting at a very young age too you've got a young age also right all the way down to like preschool where kids make really um biased gendered sexist comments about who gets to play with what toys or wear what colors um so on and so forth kids pick up on this right away and i thought that melinda and not only that i feel like i can't remember i think it's in this book it's not hunt gather parent but teachers were giving more praise to kids that played within their gender roles Mm-hmm. right so if, mm-hmm. if girls were playing hopscotch and boys were playing baseball more praise was given mm-hmm. and i can't remember if that was hunt gather parents or um this book i mean there's so much to pack uh, yeah you know there's a ton pack here, in this yeah. book because you just you brought up gen- you're, we're talking gender bias here and we haven't even talked about we haven't talked about the salt and pepper stuff that'd be talking oh, about sex Oh, okay. Baby. Yeah. That was it. That was, you see what I did there? I see what you did there. And um, I don't know if we have, honestly, I don't know if we have time. Um, I, I think that we can touch on it for just, we, it seems mean to bring it up and then not touch on it, at least touch. Good. On Cause it. I have a story. I have a story that goes with, with the whole thing. Okay. Do you want me to tell it? Well, I, I feel like maybe it's a good time. I mean, the, the bottom line being that as far as racism and sexism, kids are, are They're aware internalizing. Of it. Yeah, at a very, very, very young age. Like before they can even put a name to it, you know, they'll tell a story about somebody that is smart and brave and uh, rescues people. And then they'll put up, you know, six different people and three of them are men and three of them are women and boys and girls will point to men. Men. I'll tell you the the beans. Preschoolers, right? So 
they're yeah. already starting to internalize some of these ideas that we because women are able to be all of those things and yet no. they're already dispensing that notion that that's not something that girls that women do that's not what they are they're other yeah. stuff and, and some of the adjectives that they use to describe women and girls are not very complimentary yeah. in this book but that language is internalized by kids all the way down at the pre-k level so yes. we've got our work cut out for us and it's adults it's being aware and trying to be aware of it yes. being aware of the the guys guys and girls mm-hmm. right being I aware say fourth of graders by the way not um not boys and girls i do use sir and ma'am though i'll work on it <laughs> yeah i mean yeah there's all these things that are, are there yep so i uh i have a question i'm gonna ask the question and then i'm gonna all tell right. some stories and that way you can think about the question okay um, but my question has been a long before I read this book, mm-hmm. right? Because we're now going to go into the salt and pepper side of things here. I'm gonna I'm gonna run with this joke, right? Um, is I've always kind of wondered what my role would be is in the the sex education, the birds and the bees conversation mm-hmm. of things, right? Mm -hmm. um and so my question to you is have you thought about what your role is in and you have some you have i mean your girls aren't your girls are of that age where they they're starting that conversations happening so kind of think about you know that that role and how you want to share that Mm -hmm. um but what what melinda talks about in h2rkwaa (laughs) <laughs> how to raise kids who aren't a-holes right uh is is talking to kids at an early age and she mm-hmm. references some books that are some early age books to talk about sex mm-hmm. right and i realized that i was doing something wrong when i was talking about the bean going to the bathroom and I would say, wipe your bits, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I was not using anatomically correct stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the other day, I'm, I'm, we're, you know, she's finishing up, and I say to her, and whether this gets used in the podcast or not, I, you know, we'll go into this, some anatomically correct stuff, right? Okay. I I told her, wipe your vagina. Okay. Okay. And she says. Daddy, I don't have a vagina. I have a front butt. A front butt. A front butt. Okay. And I'm like, I've never referenced it as a front butt. Mm-hmm. And I haven't asked her, like, how did front butt become a thing? Origin and etymology, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure it's called a vagina. And she's like, no, it's a front butt, daddy. I'm like, okay. So I was talking to my parents the other day and my niece was in the car, mm-hmm. right? And my, I swear, I, I don't swear on the podcast, but I, I am known to, to drop some, some curse words. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and my i i had said something and my mom i said the story and my mom's like yeah i don't know if you should say it and i'm like technically there's no bad words in it uh-huh right but i did not tell the story about you know the bean in her front butt um because the niece was in the car mm-hmm. and i'm like can i say can i say vagina in front of the niece mm-hmm. like i've dropped f-bombs sure. in front of her mm-hmm. but i cannot say an anatomically correct word in front of this five-year-old right mm-hmm. like there's just something that's holding me back here right so uh, uh, why you're the i I could theorize but why didn't you (laughs) want to say you would say i don't know all day long which we've recognized is more harmful (laughs) which is more harmful and i don't know where the bean got it but you know it's uh you know i don't know why i didn't say it i i don't could it i mean i guess i do i guess i do know why i guess i do know why i i didn't feel comfortable saying it Thank you. Right. I did and that's, not feel that's the root. That's the crux. That's right. the crux of the problem. And I it, think it that's actually why she wants parents to start those conversations early. Early. Because if you can't tell your toddler, right, your your preschooler. <laughs> That it's a vagina and that boys have a penis and that Which, testicles are involved. Okay. The bean knows penis. She'll, yes. she'll get out of the shower. She'll be like, Daddy, I saw your penis. And I'm <laughs> like, Yes, but you even did. Even me, as an educator, um, my, my youngest for a long time described inaccurately men's bits as a peanut. As in, <laughs> boys have a peanut, but I do not. Um, and because of my discomfort, I, I just let that go, right? I went yeah. out. Um, yeah, we, we let it go, mm-hmm. right? And that brings me to that question of what is your role in that talk? Um, so, so far, we have a teenage daughter my wife and I and we have a 10 year old and my 10 year old I feel like I'm able to now the 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 peanut incidents are in the past we've moved (laughs) forward now and frankly uh I'm able to have much more uh frank and honest conversations about the birds and the bees with my youngest than I ever had with my oldest interesting Um, I will say that well okay that makes sense though because she was the pancake child, right? Yeah. She was the first pancake, right? Which never mm-hmm. comes out well. <laughs> <laughs> You're so mean. No, she's doing. Oh, my dad fun. says this to me all the time. It's true, but <laughs> but it's really us that are getting trained, right? It's really adults, parents that are figuring it out. Uh, she is, you know, my oldest is the way she's supposed to be. It's me that's got better. It's me that's changed. Yes. So I am more comfortable addressing those topics now and also my youngest is just a little bit more persistent and a little more open to those conversations um it's hard to know why 
Um, it might she, be a personality thing. I there's think a, so. Yeah. Um, but she is also, 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 um, my wife has told me that she's had those conversations with my older daughter, like if, when I wasn't around. And I think part of that is that we know that our two children are two different people with different comfort levels. But the, the bottom line is, all of that is to say, if you start early, then you can start with the easy stuff like boys have a penis and girls have a vagina kindergarten cop style <laughs> kindergarten and work, cop style work your way up to and i think that's that's the trick of it yes like i remember my parents sat me down separately mm -hmm. my dad talked to me my mom talked to me mm -hmm. both conversations were uncomfortable right i do not recollect a conversation that happened before that mm -hmm. of some groundwork being laid. Yeah. And when they talk about these books um, and uh, she goes into talking about, she got this book for her, I think it was her daughter mm -hmm. and her daughter, they, they would not read the part about intercourse. Mm -hmm. Right. And it was her daughter didn't want to read the part. And then it happened one day. It was like the funniest thing. This is one of the reasons I like the book because she kept referencing her actual life. Her own, yeah. Yeah. Is you did that? You did you, that with dad? That's how I got here. And why and didn't, didn't you tell, tell me? You didn't well, tell I'm telling me? you now. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is which is just it's I think it's important to talk to kids early. And you know, I've always thought like if if there's a conversation like am i am i there with the wife as the conversation's happening mm -hmm. but i don't think i think i don't think that's realistic i think it's more organic if it happens to come up and it's natural like you just have the conversation than planning out like with my parents i feel like it was like my dad's like we need to sit down and talk and we yeah. sit down and we talk and it's like, okay, your mom's going to talk to you about this too. And then mom sits down and we're going to talk about this. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's more awkward than if something is said, you bring it up. I, I think I agree a hundred percent. I think that if you want, but no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't disagree. I think that if you haven't talked to your child about sex and they're 12 or 13 or 14, you need it's better to have an awkward conversation than to oh, just yes. out and not have a conversation yes. so let me start there an awkward conversation is better than no conversation at all go go ahead and crack that door open and deal with the discomfort you are an adult yes. you are a parent you agreed to take on this responsibility get in there um yes. but but <laughs> I think that if you start earlier and don't shy away from those questions from children, from younger, you know, when they start asking, I, my youngest started asking these kinds of questions when she was like five or six, pretty much old enough to talk. She yeah. had questions about her body and about other bodies and about are our boys different than girls. I mean, there's some stuff that I can see, but is there stuff that I can't like? She already had these questions yeah. from the time that she was pretty much old enough to put voice to them. So don't 
flinch it's yes. the same it's the same thing as with the as with the racism don't flinch away from that business lean into it be the adult and sometimes you're going to be wrong and that's okay it's okay to be wrong figure it out do some research circle back around to it have another conversation about and then what are you teaching your kids you're teaching your kids that everybody can be wrong sometimes right so and, but it's that it's that you have to have that conversation Yes. Like, don't shy away from that conversation. Yes. If you need to go read, you know, books on having a crucial, I think there's a book, Crucial Accountability uh, Conversations or Crucial Conversations and when to have them or how mm-hmm. to have them, right? Go, go read that book. You, But you have to have that conversation. Yeah. And, and before, so before, like, we ate dinner and uh, I'm at dinner and there, we, you know, we kind of do our round robin of, you know, what's your favorite thing about the day I, I asked the bean can i change the subject and she, you know she's like yeah you can change the subject and i asked her right so she's not four yet and i asked her where do babies come from mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and wife was taken back like wow okay you're asking that and the bean's like from mommy's tummy right no it's it's something yeah and it was i wasn't it, one of the things she says in the book is you know you it's not necessarily about offering up more information mm-hmm. right there's the story it's like how did i get here and it was more of a it was more of a, a train like no like was i born i was born in puerto rico by boat or plane dad that's what yeah. i'm asking how did yeah. you get here <laughs> yeah yeah um so i i think you know asking that question and she knows she knows hey i i grew in mommy's tummy like that's Mm -hmm. what she knows and not going you know further than that but if she was to ask you know answering those questions literally just yesterday my youngest was sharing the that she as in a matter of fact way this is why we were making dinner by the way um that girls have quote eight holes and boys only have seven right so she like i said kids are curious about this stuff they want to talk about the, this stuff they're not uncomfortable they're don't not. let your kids be more mature than you when it comes to talking about the wobbly bits here i am optimizing yet again when it comes to talking about sexual organs, don't let your kids be the more mature we're, of the group. Yes. Yes. We're talking about technical medical terms and it should not yes. be weird. It should not be weird. And yeah. you know, the, the, the author makes another really good point. There is a substantial chunk of our physical, mental, emotional adult lives oriented around sex and caregiving and procreating and relationships and we just hand kids the keys and we say good luck your two awkward conversations by the way that you said your dad your dad set you down for one and your mom set you down with another uh, i had half of a conversation with my mom that was basically like uh so do you know how it works and i was like yeah i think so and she handed me some condoms and walked away. That that was it. Wow. You know what? 
knowing what I know, what I remember, (laughs) but knowing what I know about your dad, it feels like that would have come from him. It's, you know, and I don't know a lot. My dad doesn't talk about that. (laughs) He just doesn't talk about that sort of thing. I remember him talking about sex exactly one time. That was it. And it was, it was neither positive nor negative. It was fairly neutral. It was non-derogatory. But it's not about, I mean, it's not about talking about sex all the time. Sure. It's, it's about when it comes up, having the conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's I don't remember much. Uh, And, uh, you know, I think like you, I want to do I want to do better, right? It's not it's not belittling the the parenting that we've received for us to want to do better. Right? Exactly. So I think that's, I think that this book can help us do better. I think it could could help anybody do better. And we I mean, we talked a lot about this book and i mean it, it took us a bit to get into the meat of this book and we kind of really stuck to three topics um uh you know diversity and 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 sex and um you know sibling conflict uh you know emotional side of things but that's three of the 11 or 12 chapters of this book yeah like we could easily and we've run long and we could easily have done done more mm-hmm. so uh when I, I think about who who should read this book right and i i feel like there's so many people that should read this book i think grandparents can read this book and parents can read this book whether they're new or they're they're older or they're you know they're trying to reconnect with their child whatever that is i feel like yeah. this book book has it all i um, think that i i not, i'm not i almost mm. didn't get this book uh, or i almost didn't nominate or second this book um simply because it does the the the, the title of the book is a little bit cheeky and if, if I'm being honest, I didn't know, it, I, it was surprising how much punch it kind of packed in terms of yeah. solidity of the research and yes. density of the anecdotes and supporting evidence. Yeah. Um, I'm really impressed with it. I would honestly say that this is a parenting book for the modern era. Again, it was published in 2021. So it is extremely contemporary. It acknowledges the issues that we've had uh, with public political discourse and that's effect on bullying and the modern Me Too era and racism and all of that stuff, extremely contemporary. I don't, uh, I can't recommend this book enough for uh, especially for young parents or even if your kids are a little bit older get in there and give it a try and yeah when i look at what i've what i've learned in this book and how i can apply it it's you know where i can set boundaries and what conversations i know i need to continue to have over time Mm -hmm. 
and that's the important part in my mind is they continue to have over time absolutely so yeah um it's really it's time to land this plane yeah Uh, let's wrap um, it yeah i i really want to thank you know the shout outs i kind of want to thank thank the parents um you know for me as i read this book i feel like i thought a lot about my parents and kind of how i was i was raised mm-hmm. and i don't you know i don't think it was it was good or as bad um i think they did better than the parents they had mm-hmm. and i'm not saying that they did good or bad sure i'm just saying that's kind of how this works is you learn from your parents and you try to pass that on. Yeah. If my, you know, kid does better than me as a parent, um, I feel like I'm winning. Yeah, for sure. Right. So that's kind of my shout out is to the parents. I'm probably, I'm sure I'm going to, and it's not because I'm sure I'm going to hear about the, you know, the racism or sex education talk that sure, sure. I, I got growing up. We, we may have yeah. to redact some of this or uh oh no no I, no 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 redacting <laughs> no yeah. redacting but correct um i will say you know my 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 own mom uh has a phrase that i think is very germane here um and i think it's true of a lot of parents and she used to say you you do the best you can with what you got and and i think that's yeah. what by and large parents have been doing um, that's that's what my parents did, and that includes the the mental and emotional resources that they can bring to bear uh, on raising their kids. You know, yeah. above and beyond holding down a job and getting dinner on the table and doing all that stuff, right? So, yeah. um, credit to my mom for doing the best she could with what she had, and my dad. Good too. job, mom. Yeah. Good job, mom and dad. And, and I would say that any any parent by spending a few bucks to get this book you're gonna have more with which more tools and more information even if you steer clear even if you're um the idea of taking on racism and uh sexism and gender bias even if that stuff feels too big for you your life and your relationship with your child will be better even if you ignore those chapters. I'm not suggesting you ignore those chapters. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, even if you did ignore those chapters, this book is still going to be so helpful to helping you be a better parent for your children. If if this book was, I mean, it's under, I want to say it's under 20 bucks. Yeah. And if you were to pull one idea out of it, and that is it, mm-hmm. this book is worth it. Absolutely. And if you pull two ideas out of this book, the book pays for itself. And I listed 44 different yeah. strategies that are yeah. are pretty pithy one-liners that you can definitely put to use. Um, yeah. So Melinda Winner Moyer, um, How to Raise Kids Who Aren't A-Holes. The actual the there's a longer title there's like a colon longer title which we never talk about science-based um, strategies for better parenting from tots to teens from tots to teens pick it up 
you know, let us know if you disagree, if you agree. Um, let us know if you want our, us to run back and do a second podcast on this because For sure, yeah, there's plenty I, of content I, there. There, there's enough content here to do that. So, yeah. So thanks everyone. Thanks, thanks Dylan for your 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 Wednesday night. This is not a you know as I as I'm drinking my my beer. I don't know if you you know you were partaking in you know uh, two dudes my, review books my, after dark. The the number one adult beverage water. <laughs> <laughs> number one adult beverage. We should all be drinking more of. Uh, yeah. So. No, I'm I'm about to go downstairs and grab myself a glass of something stronger for sure. But this, <laughs> this was a delight. I really enjoyed talking yes. about this book. I'm so glad that we read it together. Yeah. Well, say hi to the girls. We'll do. You do the same. Okay. Have a good one, Later. my dude. Later. Our podcast was originally recorded on Zoom. Special thanks to Skillsoul on Pixabay for providing our intro and outro music. If you've enjoyed this podcast, uh, please hit the like and subscribe button on your podcast provider. Follow us on Instagram at Two Dudes Review Books. Let us know what you think we should review. Keep reading, keep learning, keep growing, keep pursuing what's important to you, and keep listening to our podcast. Stay thirsty, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 uh.